All right. Good night. Oh, good evening. You say that at the end of the show. I'm ready Hello, to get everyone. out of this. <laughs> and good night. <laughs> Short, shortest podcast ever. Yeah, but you know what? What we're really here to do is to give you the high hat. <laughs> I'm Jeff Harris, and with me, as always, is lifelong buddy Greg Walker, the 14th. And um, in our ear, as always, is producer extraordinaire Hunter Harris. Thanks for being here with us, Hunt. Hunter said that he's very humbled just to be a part of this. So that was very nice of him to say that. (laughs) That was a writer's embellishment. But anyway, I digress. How's your week been, buddy? It has been... Work, 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 work. Finally got some time off. Um, the missus and I were going to Chicago on Thursday for a weekend trip. Outstanding. That's a family trip, right? Uh, the two of Somewhat. us. Somewhat. Yeah. yeah. But doesn't she have family up there? I think you were saying. Mm. No, it was just somewhere she went uh, about 10, 12 years ago, and she liked it so much she wanted to go back. So. She's going back, and Which, I've never been, so okay, I'm, okay. I'm really interested to see what's going on, and I'm probably take in a Cubs game and go by the Fields Museum and eat our weight in Chicago-style pizza of some sort. Oh, yeah. Chicago's a neat little place. I've, I've been there a couple of times, actually, and it's always been for business, and it's always been kind of a layover, so... I've never really seen anything but like the downtown touristy stuff like Sears Tower and gone to like a couple of clubs or something like that. But I mean, it's it's a club scene. I remember the night we left out of Chicago, uh, we had like a real early flight. So we had to leave the hotel at like five, five thirty in the morning, something like that. We're taking the subway you know, all through the city and, you know, in Chicago, it's above ground. So you see everything going around going on and um bars were just letting out people were still hanging out and you know the parking lot lots of bars and for a lot of people you know that might seem like a big of a deal but you know in north carolina i mean the bars close at 2 a.m and they're running you out the door at 2 a.m so <laughs> it was weird to see people like oh wouldn't that be cool if you could stay up well maybe it's probably not cool but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't have to drive, it would be a, a great to stay out to 5 a.m. I couldn't do that anymore, dude. Oh, those days for me are long over. I could they do it in my pool, so I was, <laughs> was trained. Like, two o'clock, I was ready to, ready to wind down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once well, so I do pretty good for anything up until about midnight. And there's this window somewhere between like twelve thirty to one where I'm just that's it. I mean I'm out. I mean I, no matter what I'm doing, I just drop it and I go. 
<laughs> that's about as much as I can give you these days. But yeah. uh, and then you get in your car and you drive all the way back from Myrtle Beach to Raleigh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's the way you do it. <laughs> When that's you're right. done with it, you just get up and go. Yeah, that's what it's you been hot. Yeah. <laughs> you just got. I gotta go. And I'm like, where are you going? I was like, I gotta. I gotta mm-hmm. go home. I said, like, dude. Yeah, I gotta sleep in a bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the good friend I am, I didn't really try to stop you. I was just like, okay. You know, but I remember the next day by the time y'all got home from the beach, I was already, I'd already had like a half a day. <laughs> I've been relaxed and slept in my own bed instead of like on the floor of a hotel room. So I don't regret the decision. Oh, I drove God. pretty fast. <laughs> yeah, those were the what'd days. You, what'd you make it back? We'll like elaborate on that another time. You made, yeah, you made it back. It was about to- two hours left. <laughs> <laughs> Myrtle Beach to Raleigh in three in t- about two hours and fifteen minutes. Yep, that was pretty good. Yep. Oh, uh, you can do that when there's no other cars on the road. Oh uh, man, well let's get on yeah topic what? here. Um, we're gonna do a, a little bit of a sports show here, and um, let's start off talking about a couple of weird things and. Sports news. It's always going to be nice for conversation. Uh, talking about Pat Fitzgerald and the Bob Huggins issues. And then um, we're going to do kind of like a brief talk about Major League Baseball now that we're at the uh, All-Star break. And um, kind of just talk about whatever comes to mind and observations and what we think is going to happen down the stretch and all that shit. So <laughs> without further ado... Who do you think gets on the hot seat first, Greg? Pat or Bob? No, that's what they probably should do. What? <laughs> hot seat on, on what, what do you mean? Like getting fired? I think that both of them have been, quote unquote. No, which one do you, no, which one do you want to talk about first? Oh, oh. Um, the Fitzgerald one seems pretty cut and dry. I think the university probably dropped the ball and put in a punishment before they really did their due diligence on how big the scope was on this hazing thing. Cause they, they had teammates coming, you know, coming forward and saying there was no way he didn't know about it. And so I think they just backtracked and, and just back, you know, and just did the only thing they could do. They just fired him. And mm-hmm. now the, the Huggins thing, it's starting to turn into a little bit uh, stranger because uh, he had a DUI. Well, first off, he had the anti-gay slur on a like a podcast <laughs> or a talk show. Right that, right and then right. a month later, he gets like pulled for DUI. I'm not just talking about barely over. It was like the reports were as he didn't know where he was. He didn't know what he was doing. And then. I love the police report saying that he couldn't quite accurately identify what city he was in. But he did reference Columbus, Ohio. 
several times. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite line from the police. But I guess they were giving him a half a point for like at least naming a legitimate city. <laughs> yeah. It may not that, have been the one. That he is said, a town but at least he, yeah, it was an actual city. That <laughs> Columbus. Columbus. Uh, I love it. Uh, yeah, but what city are you in now? Man, I love he was pulled over the side of the road with a with his door ajar, incoherent, and his a shredded tire, and beer empty beer cans everywhere. That's like you know, that's like almost out of a movie, like a comedy movie almost. That's yeah. He's like Chris Farley to be behind the wheel. (laughs) Or John Belushi, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, hand. well, then after after <laughs> that, there is a letter that got sent to the president saying that I I resigned. And so now, a few weeks later, he's come back and said, "Wait a minute, that didn't come from me. That came from the, my wife." You know. That was never, you know, that is not me that's saying I'm not going to reti- uh, resign. I want my job back. And so the university has already moved on and picked his assistant coach as an in- on an interim basis. And now it's, it's getting ready to be, there'll, there'll be some legal battles, but I think ultimately West Virginia just give I wonder if, like money to shut up and go away. I wonder if he's going to hire Jackie Moon as his defense attorney. I don't know if you watch Seinfeld or not, but this is like oh, a complete yes. Costanza move. Yes, yeah. And his, when he, he tells his boss off one night, like at an event, he hates his job and his boss because they like make fun of him and pick on him at work. And then George like decides he wants to quit and he does it in this some big uh, event for work, like a, a dinner or something, and just tells his boss off, and then he regrets it, and then so he decides that the next day he just like goes back into work and act like it was a joke, and like you know just blow it off, just, just, just joking around. <laughs> yeah, and it's something that um, what's his name, um, Larry David, actually did. Uh, like on Saturday night when he was a writer on Saturday Night Live, so it was something that happened to him in real life. He actually quit and then just showed back up at work the next day. But they kept him on, which was funny. Yeah. So it actually worked for him. It didn't work out so well with George. So the moment I heard this, the first thing I thought of was like, he's pulling a Costanza. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it, I don't know. I. It, he was on thin ice anyway, even without all the off the court stuff. I mean, he hasn't, his record hasn't been that well, you know, that, that good. Um, he's, you know, getting old and I, I think he was maybe on a one year contract anyway. And, uh, more than likely what would have happened if, let's just say if West Virginia, the basketball team hadn't made the tournament this coming up year, he probably would have been replaced anyway. So I think he's looking, I think he's still, I think he's still got like $40 million left on his contract. Cause he signed like a, like a five or 10 year deal a couple of years ago. And I think he's yeah. just looking to get 
to squeeze every last penny he can before he goes away. I don't know. I think there might be a little bit of like dementia or like uh, mental issues with him at this point. I mean, he sounds flat out crazy. Yeah, but you yeah. know, I mean, I know he's he's a good basketball coach, and I mean, any coach that can stay at a program for as long as he did, and and win a lot as many games as he did, that I mean, that's a pretty big deal. But I mean, he did it in the Big Twelve, you know. And if you look at his record in the tournament, I mean, it tells you everything. I mean, granted, over the course of his career, I, I think he made the Final Four two times, but uh, you know. And he made the tournament a lot, but most of his teams lost like in the first or second round every year. I mean, West Virginia is always an early exit. I mean, so I know you don't measure greatness, on, but he never won a title. No. Never really got close to winning one. And I mean, you know, most of his teams were just average to slightly above average, in my opinion. I mean, to do that consistently, that's NC State. But, you know, <laughs> to say that the market is a great career, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that's, that's what well, it is. Well, the majority majority of his success came at Cincinnati before he got to West Virginia. That's true. I mean, the, I don't have it in front of me, but I know he made one Final Four at least at Cincinnati, and, and he had that program humming when he was there. And then uh, he got let go there and then went back to his alma mater and – and that, you know, pretty much has been mediocre the, the whole time he's been there. I mean, good competitive teams, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but, you know, you don't stay 10 years and be mediocre. You know, they, yeah. if he wasn't an alum from West Virginia, I think they would probably would have let him go after a long time ago, actually. So mm-hmm. but I, th- I think, I I think know, this is his way of trying to get money and then get the rest of his contract paid out and he'll just go away. Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, yeah, it'll somewhere in the middle of what both the guys want without him still being the coach. There is <laughs> what yeah. will happen there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he ain't coming back to coach anymore. I don't think anywhere. No. But, I, uh, w- one more funny thing. I, I was thinking about it now is the fact that he, Lost his job for getting a DUI from Cincinnati. <laughs> Cincinnati. <laughs> Imagine now a coach getting from Cincinnati for a DUI. I don't know where I'm going with that. That just took me funny. You know, I wanted to, real quick before we get on to baseball, um, I wanted to talk about um, the Pat Fitzgerald thing um, a little bit because you know, like you said, I think it's a cut and dry situation. I mean, from what transpired there, um, you know, the right circumstance came from, I mean, he was fired. He's no longer the coach. That's fine and good. My biggest problem with, I mean, from following the story and, and just from, a, you know, the little that I followed news and current events and stuff, but these days anyway, um, how much like fandom went into, you know, trying to hide this, you know, I don't know if you know this or not, but Northwestern has like one of the largest like sports media programs. They're kind of like UNC Chapel Hill in that regard, where like, you know, a a large majority of people in sports media went to Northwestern or, or UNC Chapel Hill. I mean, that's just the way it is. 
And, you know, th- there was talk, you know, banter about that, like, you know, these Northwestern moms have known about, known about these stories for years. And somebody would ask me about it. It's like, yeah, I know what's going on. And, but I love Northwestern and I'm just not saying anything. So, you know, this is something that had been, you know, obviously widely known going on for decades. Uh, Fitzgerald came in into a culture of hazing probably about a decade ago, and he came in to got to clean all that shit up. And then everybody knows that it's still going on. It's still being reported. Kids' lives are still being ruined. They say and this is the guy that comes in to clean it all up. And then, then the university's reaction of, let's see if we can just slap him on the wrist and get away with it, or if there'll be this, like, huge outcry. And so then the huge outcry comes, oh, we didn't know all this shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we're firing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the appropriate thing to do. You know, all upon this facade. Of the, of yeah. Upon review then of now, the uh, circumstances. Yeah. And that, now that he's fired, now everybody's, oh, that son of a bitch. You know, it's just the game of it all, man. It just it just irritates me. But, I mean, I mean, that's where we are. I mean, when it all costs, I mean, throw millions of dollars at kids 17, 18 years old. You know, that, that doesn't, I mean, I, I, get, don't get me wrong. I'm all about kids making money off their likeness and sports are dangerous and you get hurt and that's the end of it. So make it while you can. I get it. But so much of, of sports is just being ruined by slicing up the pie. And I mean, I mean, people just, I'm, I'm, I mean, college was kind of like my refuge from all that shit, you know. And it just in college and even high school sports to a certain degree. It's just like just get back to like just play the game. Let me enjoy some kids enjoy playing just the game just for the game. But you're not gonna be able to see that anymore. I mean, there's always gonna be gamers, but you know, I don't know. Well, there's just so much money. <laughs> it's ridiculous. In the last thirty, forty, you know, mm-hmm. thirty, forty years, going back to the eighties. The revenue stream from college sports and these universities depend on that to line the pockets, to build the buildings, to do this and on top of taxpayers and blah, you know, what they get from the federal government. That these sports programs, especially the big one, football, there's so much revenue that these universities get. I mean, even the small you know, loser programs. As long as you're in uh, a mid, you know, a mid, mid major or even a power five conference, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars every year pour into these universities, and at times they they don't nothing stops the money train. They want to try their best mm-hmm. not to stop the money train. I mean, we look at you know Northwestern. Northwestern is. You know, we're not talking about Northwestern competing for national championships in anything, but they're they're in the Big Ten, and so that revenue stream is huge. And you know, especially in a in a maybe they at least want to be competitive. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean, even if you, I mean, even if you're not competitive. The millions and millions of dollars just from the the conference itself, because the TV rights, every school gets a piece of that, you know, and, you know, so far as like, um, 
you know, donors and alumni that contribute. And I don't know, it just, I think, I think at times the, like the ADs and the presidents, they just, they try to, you know, sweep it underneath the rug or get past it. Maybe not, maybe not at times sweeping under the rug, but they want to get past it as quickly as possible. And they can do that because of the short attention span of, you know, of our society. I mean, I guarantee you a month from now, unless, you know, unless this thing drags out, if they do a cut and dry, yeah, they ha- they may have some legal tussle over whether it was for cause or how much to buy out his contract for. But if they can get that done relatively quickly, a month from now, you won't even hear about it. Mm-hmm. It won't even be reported. You know, one thing I, I'm, I am liking about this Neil um, or NIL name image likeness, for those that don't know, um, college players, amateur athletes are able to stay NCAA eligible by still getting, um, you know, deals they can make money off of their image likeness. So they can do commercials and basically and get paid for it. Or they can get paid for doing appearances and things like that. So really cool. Now, one of the things is just getting absolutely absurd in college sports, especially where these, you know, they couldn't legally, although there were all these backdoor channels where they were sliding cash to kids constantly, um, they really couldn't in public give these kids that were playing these sports and putting their life on the line for these universities. They couldn't pay them directly anything other than the college education room and board. Um, but now, you know, they, they can. So what they tried to do to make up for it, since they had all this money pouring in, they kept building these mega locker rooms and these posh dorms just for the football team. It, you know, Luxury suites. Just hundreds of millions. Yeah, hundreds of, you know, like, um, uh, valet service for, like, to take the players to their classes and things like I mean, I've heard all kinds of ridiculous things. I mean, really, like, little carts that would take the football players, like little vans and stuff through campus and drop them off and be there to pick them up when they got out. And I mean, all kinds of shit like that. Just hundreds of millions of dollars on shit like that. And so, I mean, and they would build it, and then 20 years later, they're like, oh, it's outdated. We need a newer, bigger, and better one, and then tear it down and build it. So whatever. Now... Hopefully, a good portion of that money is going to be going to where it needs to go to, and that's the kids within themselves. You know what I mean? Not to say that you don't need to have a good locker room too, but you know, you don't. It's not going to be a, a space race for locker rooms, and you know, um, you, you understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, it, the 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 the, pro, the the goal is to always attract attract the best prospect attract the best players because everything Mm -hmm. it's a and you kind of touched on it's it's like an arms race you know it's okay you got one school who's been you know building state-of-the-art stadium locker rooms you know everything and they start attracting 
top talent, and then it's keeping up with the Joneses. Now, the other schools are having to do the same thing. You know, I mean, it's no secret. College football funds pretty much every other sport that a university has. I mean, it's it's the money-making machine. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have a rugby team. You don't have a swim team without the football team doing well, or at least pulling in money because that, a little, a little bit of that money too. gets spread around. But, I mean, I don't know where it's going to end. I, I don't – it's becoming more and more – That's the fun thing to watch is to see <laughs> – to see how ridiculous it's going to get. Oh, that's nice. what's going to be the fun thing to watch. <laughs> and that's the All right, like, man. We don't Look, even know let's the half of it. That's the thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Let's get into some baseball real quick, man. Any surprises for you so far that we're here at the All-Star break? Um, uh, by the time this show airs, this – Saturday night or Sunday morning, whatever. <laughs> uh, well, they'll already be back to playing live ball again. But um, any surprises to you? Any teams stand out to you? Uh, disappointment in not necessarily the Mets because they're losers anyway, no matter how much money they spend. <laughs> but uh, what surprises me is how how poorly – the, the Padres are doing, especially with that top heavy. Yeah, that they, they, they got a top heavy uh, uh, lineup, but I mean they they shelled out some cash too. And I'm sorry, Juan Soto is not looking that great. I mean, I, I don't keep up on him on a daily basis, but as a casual fan, he should be doing a whole lot more than what he's been doing. Um, yep. Yeah. I think uh, all South Southern California sports teams are cursed to some degree because I've always had like a sentimental spot myself for the San De- the Padres, just if nothing else, as the lovable losers. But then I love Tony Gwynn when he played with the Padres. Love watching him play. And, uh, man, that's hard to believe he's already passed too. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Steve Garvey was probably the last team that they were like an actual contender. You know what I mean? It's just weird. Yeah, um, and Mr. Hunter, our producer, may be able to. Um, I think he's the only one that has a three hundred career batting average against Greg Maddox, Tony Gwynn. But I'm. I want to say that's true, but I'm not quite sure. Well, he's looking at a one thing I wanted to mention about the Mets. Who, you know, I'm a well, yeah, I think you can tell I'm a Braves fan, but um, no. uh, the Mets are like our arch rival. So the fact that they don't do well never bothers me. But I heard that, that for what the Mets are paying Verlander and um, what's that there? Scherzer. 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 Yeah. There's those two salaries and the, the shit performance that they're putting out this year. And their salary is more than the entire Tampa Bay Devil Rays payroll. <laughs> that tickles me. 
That does. I know, that makes me so happy. Now, the the AL East is going to be just one big battle royale because, I mean, it is not out of the realm of possibility for all of the AL East to get into the playoffs. Yeah. It, it doesn't bother me one bit to see the Yankees and the Red Sox at the bottom of the NL East. <laughs> I mean, AL East. My apologies. Me too. <laughs> wow. 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 Well, Hunter just came back with the Tony Gwynn stats, and he hit actually over 400 against Maddox. So 415 was his average. That's amazing. So you were correct, and then some. You were modestly correct. (laughs) (laughs) Now that was a... All right, now, you and I have had talks about... Mr. Otani is in his contract year, mm-hmm. and and I rib you about what the Braves should do. I think, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean this half jokingly because I know it's never going to happen. I just, yeah, that w- wouldn't it be great if Otani came to the Braves? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what it is for my, uh, you know, love for Acuna so much. But I mean, he's still so young, and I mean, a guy like that can play forever. And I mean, I mean, Otani could just be a flash in the pan. I don't know. I don't think that he is. For the last, six but I don't years. know. I just feel more confident. For the last six years. I, I just feel more. <laughs> I just feel more confident about. Acuna being a, a still good at 35 years old than I do Otani. And well, I mean, that, and then from what you're going to have to pay more than what you're paying Acuna, okay. it's not even worth considering in my it's, opinion. It's not even worth it. It's not even on anyway. the table. Yeah, they, they yeah. don't operate. And I mean, I know you have a disdain. I mean, aside from myself, but I'm, I could be speaking out of turn here, but I know you have a disdain for like, the typical Braves fan, which I'm not. And I mean, there was nothing more that you would love to just see the Braves just bury themselves in, in bad contracts. Well, my, 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 disdain, my disdain for the Braves came at a young age when I was first starting to watch sports and baseball and football. Everybody around me, friends, everybody. And this was like, like maybe mid eighties, early to mid eighties. All I ever hear heard was how bad they sucked. Oh, the Braves suck! Oh, they suck! They suck! They suck! Then all of a sudden, you know, Smoltz, Maddox, and Glavin come in. Justice and McGriff come in. They start winning, and then everybody starts. Oh yeah, woo! Braves, Braves! I'm like, fair weather, books, you know. No, mm-hmm. I'm not going to pull. No, the hell with that. No, I mean, and that, and then that just turned me off to the Braves completely. You know, I'm just now starting well, to warm back up to them a little bit. I like this team. I like the way they play. I like um, 
you know, when Freddie Freeman was there, I like Austin Riley and Swanson and they, the Braves yes. thing. Swanson's a cub the right now. Way. They, they build from yeah. within the farm system. They don't go chasing superstars. They don't throw a lot of money at people, but they still, they still win. And, and for like, I mean, you could say for like the last 10, 15 years, they've been competitive at least. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I've been following the Blue Jays cause I'm a, uh, Blue Jays fan, de facto Blue Jays fan. I mean, I pull for them just because you do, but I don't know if you saw yes. who won the home run derby. You know what I'm that was so fun. Oh, I, mean, I, was gladly, for, I just gladly, wanted gladly. to see the father son. Yeah. That was cool. He looked, I know he hadn't been having that great of a season on the field, but I mean, no. he can just go off at any time, man. You know, and his power is still there. I mean, you know, he's always got you that, but I'm, I'm really, I mean, it's, it, it's, the Rays have kind of come back to earth. I mean, the Braves surpassed them. And, um, you know, as far as being the best winning percentage in MLB now, but I mean, the Rays and the Braves are, are pretty equal, I think, talent wise. I mean, and the thing about the Braves, which is kind of crazy, is I mean, two of their starting pitchers haven't come back from injury yet. We got Max Freed, the ace, is coming back probably in another week or two. And then, um, Kyle Wright, a guy who won 20 games last year, is coming back in August. So, I mean, you're going to have the stockpile of starting pitchers. I mean, our fifth, you know, one of our guys is, you know, wasn't supposed to be in the starting five rotation. He's in the All Star game, Bryce Elder. So, you know, another team like that, um, the Rangers are shockingly in first place, you know, over the Astros, too. And um, well, their the aces, um, DeGrom. Yeah, but DeGrom isn't playing right now. And there's another guy for the Rangers. I can't remember his name. Oh, he's done for the year? Yeah, he's yeah he had Tommy John surgery again. So he's done. He's done for the year. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's done for a year and next year then, probably. I think and then, I mean, and why done. even have an – I mean, we talk about this so many times. But, I mean, why, why does a, the American League Central even exist? <laughs> and so, well, we got to put somebody. I mean, in. you've got the Guardians. I mean, I'm just going to let you know here. I mean, you've got the Guardians, you know, in a commanding half game lead over the Twins with a 45 and 45 record. There's your first place team. Uh, and then you've got the White Sox, who they've still got a shot. They're only eight games out. So if they get hot, you know, they might catch the Guardians. But, you know, they're 38 and 54. Detroit's actually only five and a half. Yep, you're right. Yep. They're only 11 games under 500. So that should be some exciting playoff baseball coming from that division. I mean, you know, uh, I like seeing the Mariners. I don't know why. I guess it's just from the love of King Griffey Jr., but just seeing kind of a revitalization in that organization a little bit. Uh, they seem like an up-and-coming team that's going to be one to be, you know, and the Jr. Orioles had the too. I mean, I know you're Yeah. I mean, I've never the sweetest swing I have ever seen in a baseball player was from from Griffey Jr. He he just he, it looked like he was swinging a golf club, practicing on a on a tee somewhere. It just looked so effortless, and his bat speed was yeah. so incredible. I mean, yeah, he, he just he, he didn't even try. He wasn't even trying, and he 
his bat speed and his swing was so sweet. And I was just, it looked like, it looked like I think what they used, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It looked like it was in slow motion, even though it was, yeah, it was so sweet and smooth. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hank Aaron's was kind of like that. They, his swing was a lot like Hank. It really oh. was now. Think about it. And I know this is a little bit late and we may have already had an episode, but I personally want to wish you and everybody out there a belated happy Bobby Bonilla day. And (laughs) hopefully you will think about, you know, the Mets and their stupidity that just goes beyond what (laughs) 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 way to pile on Greg to all the Mets fans. (laughs) Should we explain what Bobby Bonilla Day is? No, I think anybody that would care knows what it is, and it's worth the reference. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's worth mentioning, even. It's not worth the air time. Um, $1.1 have you seen $1 the, million um, dollars every year until 2035. Yeah, and he hasn't played a baseball game since when? 1989? 2000, early 2000s. <laughs> And just being facetious, and still, yeah, that—that's the way you do it. To, so they got to do that for twelve more years, still. Yeah. Holy cow, that's that's funding. That's generational money there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thirty-four years of paying somebody a million dollars to do nothing. And you know what? God bless him. I, I wish I could. Well, how could I never find that job? I mean, for him and his agent to to come up with that, God bless mm-hmm. him. I mean that he. I mean, the Mets, You know, if someone in the Mets organization would be happening to listen to this podcast, um, I suck at baseball. I mean, I'm terrible at it. So. If you want to pay me a million dollars a year not to play for your team, I'm your guy. I'm just throwing it out there. I'll quit <laughs> show business. I'll throw every. I'll walk away from everything to come not play baseball for the New York Mets, <laughs> and I'll do it for nine hundred fifty thousand a year. That, How about that? That's a bargain. Yeah, it's a bargain. <laughs> I'm draw people to the ballpark not to see me play. Uh, but I will. I will give the Mets this. The new owner, they've they're actually like embracing it. They actually do a little thing every July first at the ballpark. Mm-hmm. They're turning they're turning lemons into lemonade. Is basically what they're doing, and trying to generate revenue and interest. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell you, man. I know I'm I'm not jumping on the bandwagon as much as everybody else, but in the National League, the team right now that scares me the most are the Reds. That's a scrappy little team. They got some great talent, and they're cocky and confident as hell. They gave – I mean, the Braves won a recent series with them two to three, but, I mean, every game was tooth and nail right down to the end. I mean, they fought hard. They don't give up. They got good pitching. That lineup of theirs is hot. I mean, the ball just bounces on everybody's back. Well, that's what happens. I mean, when you – Dela Cruz. I mean, it mm-hmm. just took one oh, player yeah. w- who came in and started red hot 
and continued to be red hot and it was infectious. I mean, the whole clubhouse, I mean, you know, before him, you know, your best hitter was what Vado. Yeah. And then even he has kind of picked it up some and it just, there's another kid there that, that tore the Braves up. I think it was um, McCann or something like that. Or something like that. Kid, I was I hated him by the end of the series, but you know, now that a few days have passed, I'm like, that's a good young kid right there. Hundred, can you look that up? Maybe I'm just curious to know. Are the Cincinnati? Thanks, man. Well, now, look, now Cincinnati, I will I will say Cincinnati. Enjoy him now because in about two or three years, somebody's going to back up a dump truck full of money, and he's going to oh, leave. Yeah. He, he's not going to stay long. He's not going to be a lifetime, lifelong red. or a Met. <laughs> yeah. No, wait a minute. Or Yankee. He's going to be a look. Yankee. McLean. That's it. Matt McLean, shortstop for the Reds. He's a kid. I like watching the Reds play. They're a fun baseball team. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're in it, let's do some predictions here real quick, and let's see. Who, who do you think is going to win the um, NL Central? I'm, I'm going to go with the Reds. I don't think anybody else got anything for them. Yeah, I'll say Reds as well. Um, uh, another surprise for me this year has been how bad the Cardinals have been. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, Molina leaving or Molina like retiring it must have hurt more than, than anybody thought because they're like absolutely horrendous right now. But yeah, I, would, I mean, I'll st- I'll stick with the Reds because I don't really see Milwaukee. The Cardinals just don't have enough time. I mean they're I mean they're twelve uh, games on their back. They're done. The only one I think could give the Reds a push or would be the the Brewers and I I, I see Cincinnati winning by maybe three or four games when yeah. it's all said and done. Yeah. Well, in the NL East, I'm gonna. Make a bold prediction and say that the Mets are going to pull it together and just go on a mad scramble here and overcome the eighteen and a half game deficit that they have now. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had put to your bet. Put your bet in now. <laughs> hey, hey, Hunter, check check the odds. Check the odds of the uh, right now the New York Mets uh, winning yeah. the NL East. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Braves. I'm gonna say Braves by double digits. Almost there now. All right. What about the um, National League West? I mean, that's an interesting one because the um, plus fifteen thousand <laughs> to win the NL. <laughs> so what? I take it, go. So if you put a hundred dollars down on the New York Mets today, you would win fifteen thousand. Yeah. Oh, hundred fifty thousand. I don't have my thing in front of me. I don't know how that works. How yeah, much? that's right. Yeah, sixteen thousand. Fifteen thousand plus one hundred, so fifteen thousand one hundred is what you get, according to Hunter. Yep. I don't. I mean, I don't see any way. I mean, I like the Diamondbacks, and I like the way they built that team and put it together. And then, you know, they've been there for a while, but I mean, the Dodgers just have way too much talent. 
Yeah. And I think they'll overcome and they'll probably run away with it by five or six games. Yeah. That's my opinion. I think I think the bigger question in the NOS West will be whether or not the Padres make the playoffs. Because they got some yeah, they got a lot. And they got a lot of teams to contend with just even to get in as a wild card team. But there's a lot of talent there. And there's a lot of talent still on the Cardinals team, too. The crazy mm-hmm. thing about the Cardinals is talented as that team is. I mean, especially the off- on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, they've only won 13 more games than the Oakland Athletics. That's crazy. Now, and also in the NL West, uh, people overlook them just about every year, but. The Giants. Yeah, the Giants are just hanging around. They, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they'll hang around and they'll be competitive enough that if the Dodgers need to win the series against them or the Diamondbacks need to win the series against them, the Giants will be the one to spoil somebody's playoff hopes in the NL West. Mm-hmm. I guarantee it. <clears throat> what a, Well... I'm going to go out a limb here in the Central, in the American League Central, and I'm going to pick the Tigers. Yeah. Why I, not? Why not? <laughs> exactly. I mean, <laughs> Detroit is not a good team, but they've, they're playing above their expectations right now. They're playing above their pay grade. And they're going to give a push to either the Twins or the Guardians. I'm going to say... As much as I would like to see Detroit win, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna say the Twins somehow, yeah, some way, find a way. They, it may come down to the last series of the year. It'll be like they'll win by like a half game, two well, games. Cleveland and Minnesota, if you know, they've got a legit shot to win the division. I mean, they'll spend some money and improve their team. I don't know if the Tigers will. I mean, even though the Tigers are only um, a few. Um, games out. I mean, I I don't think the Tigers would spend a lot of money. Well, well, they're they're spending all their money on on Cabrera mm-hmm. and that big fat long contract that you know. Now, granted, I give Mickey props and Detroit props for honoring the deal, but that deal that Cabrera got, what was it, ten years ago or something? It's killing the Tigers today. And they, they're not going to be able to move forward and be able to spend in the free market like they could until they get rid of him, until he retires, yeah. which is after this year. And, and I'm, not a Miguel, I'm not a Cabrera hater. I mean, I, I love him as a player. I just hate these big, fat contracts that pretty much handcuff a team, especially if you're not a big market team like L.A. or New York. Or Atlanta. Or Atlanta. <laughs> But I mean, Detroit, they, they, you know, they can't go out and spend money on any type of prospects or free agents because they're saddled with maybe, you know, this big contract from Cabrera. And until they get rid of that, I, I look next year, the next two, three years, I think they'll be, they'll be buying for a division title. Probably. Yeah. Hey, look. Heck yeah. Yeah. Hunter just pointed out that the. Yeah. Hunter just informed us that the Tigers are plus 2,800 
to uh, win the NL, AL Central. I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. Moving on to the American League East. We got a very interesting. I mean, I think, I mean, obviously every team's got a legit shot to win that, but I mean, I really honestly think it's going to come down to the, the top three teams, the Jays, the Orioles, and the Rays. The Jays um, win. The Jays win. They, you they, never they, know, man. A team get hot. They bring in, in some pitching. And solidify the bullpen, maybe. I mean, you never know. I mean, there's some guys that, that they, they, they haven't had a really legit <laughs> since what? Since Clemens, maybe? Since a really, you know. I, their bullpen, I, I guess don't know. Every, every time their bullpen, they blow so many stuff. And their offense is not consistent enough to keep up with anybody in the AL East. Um, right now, I think it's going to be between Tampa and Baltimore. And mm-hmm. for, I'd like for the, to see Baltimore just because... Yeah. I do too. I mean, as hot as as hot as the Rays started out this year, there's got to be some regression. And I think I think it'll come down to the last week. I think Baltimore overtakes them. I think it, you know, maybe by one or two games. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Orioles on that one. But it's gonna be close. But yeah, Tampa, I don't know. Tampa will yeah, get it's gonna the be playoffs nice. though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Oreos, I just love their uniforms. I love Camden Yards. Uh, I think it's a beautiful stadium. It's a template for pretty much what everybody does now with the new baseball stadiums. Um, but I mean, you know, the Devil Rays are the, and, uh, you know, the parent franchise for our local Durham Bulls now. So, you know, you got to have a little sentiment for that too. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be so close. I have a gut feeling the Orioles are going to take it, too. And then in the West, I mean, until somebody knocks off the Astros, you don't pick them. Yeah, once everybody gets healthy, um, I think mm-hmm. I think Atuve is out. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Houston will probably overtake Texas and win by about five games. But there again, Texas mm-hmm. could still get into the playoffs. I mean, you look at the standings, especially in the wild card, there's about nine teams that could yeah. that could make it, that are within five games of each other. And they're all in two of the divisions. <laughs> yeah. Nobody from the AL Central was in that conversation. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> that's the greatest thing. Which, well, look, is, which man, is another reason I really why. Appreciate... Which is another reason why I don't. I don't think the Jays are going to make it. I think they'll finish third or fourth in the AL East. I think there's too many other teams in the in the AL East and the AL West that can give them a hard time or, or push them. I mean, we're talking. You know, even the rain. You know, even if the Rangers don't win the division. They can make the playoffs. Seattle could make the playoffs. You know, um, the Yankees, if they get judged back, 
could make can easily make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's just too many teams that they'll have to fight over. Right now, I think they've got the last playoff spot, but until the pitching gets better, especially in the bullpen, I don't know. Well, that's what trade season's for. It'll be fun to go yeah. through that and see what happens and who um, I will tell you a fun their fact future I learned a to, week or two ago. Let me tell you a fun fact oh, okay. I learned a, t- a couple of weeks ago. I found out that uh, you remember uh, Hermain when he threw the no-hitter, right, for the Yankees? A couple of weeks mm-hmm. back before the All-Star break, all right? Mm-hmm. I had a I had somebody who came to me with some information that there's only three Yankee pitchers that have pitched. Was it a perfect? Yeah, it was a perfect game. Only three Yankee pitchers that have pitched a per- perfect game, and each of those three years, mm-hmm. the Yankees went on to win the World Series. So what yeah, did Greg do? Greg put five dollars down on the Yankees winning the World Series this year. Why not? How eight, much would you win from when you? What? How much? Eighteen hundred? No, five dollars on plus eighteen odds. I think it's like ninety-five. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that was, I, I, I had never known that, there. so for me it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Oh, I wanted to tell you. I didn't tell you what my oh, well, trip to LA. Did I, I tell you my story? It just came to mind. No, did I tell you, like, the cool thing about my um, trip to L.A.? We went to a Dodgers game. Uh-huh. I don't know if I remember if no, I told um, you or not, but we, they were playing the – they were playing the Phillies when we were there, and so I thought it was really cool because I get to see former brave Freddie Freeman, and then you know obviously Trey Turner, former state standout, NC State, um, and uh, the only hit I think, or it was the only run that the um, the Phillies scored the whole night was a crush shot by. Trey Turner, a solo home run to dead center field. And, you know, and uh, we got there and it was like, it, we were went in May and it was so cold that night. The only like long sleeve hoodie type thing I had was like a Braves, of Atlanta Braves of all co- that course. So I had to wear that to the game. <laughs> and so one guy gave me a hard time. He's like, you're at the wrong game, buddy. And I was like, I, oh. I'm just here to check out Freddie. Check on Freddie is what I said. I'm just here to check on Freddie. So I thought that was pretty funny. Dodger Stadium is neat, man. It's like built into the side of a mountain. I mean, I, I ain't even joking. The stadium is like four levels into the side of a mountain and just overlooking canyons. It's freaking beautiful, dude. If you ever get the chance, I highly recommend it. Now, did you get did you get a hot dog there? How, how did they do the hot dogs? I didn't get a hot dog. I don't think I got dog? anything to eat there. What? I think I got you some went, You peanuts. went to a baseball I got game. Some peanuts. You didn't get a hot dog. No, you didn't get a hot dog. Just peanuts. Just peanuts. Mm-mm. You didn't get any? Yep. I'm pretty. No. 
I got some mustard. I was trying to like to reference Miller's Crossing. <laughs> Just a hot dog and mustard. <laughs> yeah, dang, my kids are. <laughs> my kids are smart as a whip. Give me my penny, boys. <laughs> I ain't got to pay you all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, just, you ready to wrap it up, man? Whenever you are, my friend. Let's I wrap could it up. I, I, could, I could talk all night. Well, that's why we have next week's episode. So, we should maybe do that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe like New Year's Eve or something or, or, or like mm-hmm. on a and just do a 24-hour marathon. There you go. The best of <laughs> We'll do a. We'll find like a, um, like a cause that nobody has sponsored yet, and we'll have a marathon on on New Year's Eve for that cause. Like it would have to be like something random, like toenail fungus or something like that, because there's there's nobody that stands up against toenail fungus. Stand up for toenail, except for that. <laughs> that'll be our new year's Eve thing all right dude look i want to thank everybody for watching and listening um uh, we noticed a little bit of uptick in viewership and we appreciate that i noticed that we were almost up to 20 views on, on just our announcement show so um we thank you keep sharing it if you like it and um like us yourself uh leave us a comment um, be sure to check out all the other shows on the uh, Q crew, and that's the letter Q, the one that's before R. <laughs> I had to think about that. No, it's the one after And then crew, <laughs> C-R-E-W, Q crew. There's Finding New Films with our producer, Hunter Harris, is the host of that show and then um, there's his other show self tapes um, there's actually a sports podcast that's coming on sometime possibly in the future too that's still kind of on the down low though and then there's um, the basement tapes yeah a general topics comedy podcast that Hunter started with Trevor so you know, those two together are always hilarious. I watched the first episode or listened to it some and watched some this week earlier. And and they got some chemistry. I think they've got a really good thing going on there. So uh, I'm out, man. I'm tired. I don't have anything else to say. Oh, i am just got a reminder from Hunter to follow us on Instagram. That's it. Uh, Greg and Jeff give the hi hat. Oh, that's right. We've got an Instagram page. Oh, I'm going to create a face, ba- face bag. I'm going to create a face bag. I'm going to create a face hey, bag. Jeff, what? And then I'm going to put my face in that tea. You've been drinking all night. What's in that tea? Oh, Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. We'll be better next time. I promise. I can't make that (laughs) but good night everybody